Heyo. Lower my mic. Oh. Heyo. Yeah. There we go. Woo! There it is. Yeah. That's the fun, Damien. Oh, Everyone you sound likes. depressed. Yeah, I, I'm tired. Late in the day. Now. Yeah. It's Live. way later than we normally do. From the State Street Pickleball. Is that what it's called? Pickleball? Is that Pickleball. the name of the stupid sport? Pickleball Deli. It's the ESG Industries only plebeian weekly woke data podcast featuring BS man Matt Biscardi. Do you think the anti-ESG movement is like the pickleball of Ooh, finance? Yeah. Like, it, uh. it's going to die. Like, it's super fun for like seven minutes. Kevin Durant and Tom Brady got into it. And then all of a sudden, like, everyone's like, why did we I'm glad are we doing this? You mentioned that. And I'm glad you mentioned Kevin Durant because I actually have a basketball player featured in our show today. Oh, good. Well, it's to almost do with like ESG. we planned this show. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like we planned it. We didn't. But I think you're right. If you if you have if you start a movement but have no methodologies, no facts, it's all just like white grievance. It's gonna die out because it's hard to keep that going. You're gonna have to find. You're gonna find a different target. You're gonna find a different culture war. You know, you're gonna target gays or something. Like you're gonna get bored of it. Well, we got a listener question today about this because now right, it's not we're it. not we're not targeting like just finance bros. We're targeting robots now, so it's everything. All Everyone's right. an idiot. Here we go. Let's do this. It's your favorite music. Uh, today's show: ESG woke data news, listener mail. Yeah, and we a word those? from our sponsor at the end. At the end there. Oh, we're not doing it. We're not. Who is our sponsor? Our show today. Is being sponsored by S Gauge, your ESG data solutions provider. So you can't do that. They, <laughs> you can't. I'm pretty sure it's in the Look, contract. You can't do that. We use S Gauge data to make board saber metrics. In fact, it's I'm been scared. Really, really good. I'm scared. We have so. a new sponsor coming up, and I'm worried that you're going to crap all over it, and we're going to lose revenue. I'm not. I'm not. All and right. what revenue? Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do this. What do you got? Okay, let's do, I'm going to do a big ESG woke data business news roundup. Ready? No particular order. Okay. LinkedIn spent several years examining the hiring patterns for 500,000 C-suite level positions between 2019 and the end of- How come there's so many people in the C-suite? Yeah, in the end of 2022. So they had a list of the top, the 10 C-suite positions that have seen the largest growth in hires since 2019. Do you want to take a guess, number one? Oh, man. Uh, largest probably like chief people officer. I see. I don't have my sound effects. Uh, chief people. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into it because this is where this study is a little wonky and they should reach out to us. They should, You know, anyone in the field of ESG data... Or, you know, data having to do with C-suites, corporate data. Reach out to us, us yeah. first. Yeah, honestly. So, uh, Chief People Officer is on the list, Matt. It's at number three. But also oh. at number 10 is Chief Human Resources Officer. I mean, no. come, come on. on. It's the same it's thing. the same it's position, the same LinkedIn. Get, so, I'm already, <laughs> I'm already throwing out the studies being stupid. But number one is Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer. Oh, wow. Which, as we know from Vivek Ramaswamy, is absolutely not excellent. No, not only is it not excellence, but it's discriminatory against excellence. <laughs> I love when you say things like that. <laughs> um, but I, shouldn't they yeah. have made this study 
like they could have told everyone that these were the same positions if they just looked at the people who were filling them sure. right like if it was like all black women in the role or a higher percentage of them then they knew it's chief diversity do you need like the title uh no and of the remaining seven positions Six of them sound like the same job. Chief delivery officer, chief growth officer, chief revenue officer, chief program officer, chief commercial <laughs> officer, chief underwriting officer. Well, what are those? What are what those? Are they, what this, were I they all fake chief level right. officers? Moving the- on. <laughs> Amazon cited by Labor Department for hazards at three additional warehouses. Oh. Uh, OSHA found that Amazon exposed workers to a high risk of injuries and muscle-related disorders uh, due to a fast pace, blah, blah, blah. Amazon faces a fine of... Do you have a drum roll here? Oh, I do have a drum roll. Amazon faces a fine of... $46,000. Yeah. All right, moving on. Come on, what's wrong with the that, world? That actually was Amazon's legal department. Yeah. Where are they going to get that money? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Home Depot co-founder Bernie Marcus. You know Bernie. We've talked about Bernie a bunch of times. I know. Bernie keeps coming up. Uh, this time he's blaming woke diversity for businesses failing to hit the bottom line. So he has jumped right into wow. this category we- that believes that it is literally women and black people who are affecting the company's bottom line, and yet there is no data to support this argument. None. I have not seen a shred of data to support this bullshit. There's not this is just one racism and misogyny. Study? It's all it Wait, is. Come yeah. on. You, you can say with a straight face, there's yeah. not a single academic piece of research that says when you hire more black people, it hurts your company's overall performance. Uh, and here's what's more concerning. Here's why I cited this article, because I don't actually care about Bernie Marcus. He's clearly an idiot. Uh, this is from Yahoo, although maybe Yahoo picked this up from somewhere else. Doesn't matter. In the article, there's a section that says if you're spooked by the prospect of investing in ESG funds, here are three other assets you might consider. First of all, <laughs> what, are we, what? what are we doing here? I, I mean, really, what, what are, are we, we doing, doing here? here? <laughs> but here are the three choices, Matt. That? Here are the three choices. That? And again, this is why this is a, the anti-ESG feel is completely made up. It's just racism and misogyny. Number one, energy select sector SB, SPDR fund. The spiders, yeah, sure. So they tell you it's a traditional energy sector, but again, like they don't tell you why. I, I, why? Why? If I'm spooked by ESG, why? Because the common perception of ESG is that ESG is anti-energy. And an, we... In fact, most people here, I'm going to tell you, and this is why it's the perception. Because when we were analysts analysts at MSCI, the mothership of ESG, we all did all of our analysis in the dark with candles. We did not believe in electricity. I I never took, I I, I used a horse and buggy to get Mm -hmm. to work. Um, yeah, Blaze was your horse. Remember Blaze? Uh, yeah, yeah. And yours well, was Dumfrey. What yeah. was weird is that when you left MSCI, MSCI killed Blaze. I thought that was <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> it was really, it was really, I think, an overreaction. <laughs> Number two, healthcare select sector SPDR fund. Again, no reason why, if you're spooked by ESG, why you would take a healthcare what because uh, i wasn't done explaining okay tell we, me we also did not 
do Christian scientists about what? our health. We we refused all medicine. Uh-huh. In fact, one of the things they ESG people suggest is that you lick handrails in the right. New York City subway. That's what uh, we do. The third one makes more sense. It's Point Bridge America First ETF, which is called an anti-woke fund because it is aligned with Republican political beliefs. This one I, I understand, but there's a funny little side note here, according to the article, that uh, ironically, its top holding, Valero Energy, has made an ESG pledge focused on addressing global climate change <laughs> risk. <laughs> so again, your whole this whole area is just pure nonsense. Just pure yeah, nonsense. I, yeah, I mean, but this is America first, not anti-climate first. So what you don't understand mm-hmm. is this is totally fine because America. Uh, speaking did of I America, just, did I... Do you yeah. need more data than that, no, America? I don't, I don't even know. Uh, black tech wa- wage gap is projected to jump 37% in the next decade, resulting in $51 billion in lost wages. This is according to a report from McKinsey. The report predicts serious challenges to racial equity in tech as layoffs disproportionately bear down on black and other historically marginalized employees. <laughs> I did. That doesn't sound like excellence. Cover. That sounds well, we, like yeah. no. It doesn't sound like well. Or maybe it, it is. Yeah, no, look. Know. See, yeah. you would argue. You want me to make the excellence case that sure. they were hired for diversity and they weren't actually that good, and now we're weeding Merito- out. The, yeah, the meritocracy. The meritocracy is wins. basically white men. Um, no, here's the thing. The there was a Twitter employee who, when she was fired, found that the chances that the number of women that were laid off when Elon mm-hmm. Musk took over um, would happen. That the percentages that actually happened, but chances that it would happen that way was like one in twenty trillion. So uh, we know that this is disproportionate. We've we've been there. We covered it. So All right, let's go to get on, on to basketball. Blah blah blah. Do you know the Greek exactly. freak? Do you know the Greek freak plays for the Milwaukee yeah, Bucks? Yeah, Giannis. Say his last name for me. No. Antetokounmpo. <laughs> I'm close. Uh, the Greek freak, Giannis, uh, is opening a ESG fund. What? Yes, yes. What is Absolutely. happening? What he, is he going is la- on? <laughs> he is launching a new venture with Wall Street veteran John Kadunis. Uh, CEO oh, of Calamos oh, oh, Investments. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. Tell me. Tell me. See, you, know you fooled us all. You, yeah. He's opening it with a Wall Street investor. Wall Street is the socialite, Larry the socialist, Fink. leftist, elitists that are pushing ESG on us. So, so yes. it's not Giannis. So Don't it's a suite Giannis. of ESG funds, a suite of sustainable equity funds. Uh, and again, here's why I picked this out. Not only because I love Giannis. Um, I'm half Greek, so I love all. Greek basketball oh players. But here's why I actually love this, or actually really hate it, is this article, once again, for no reason. I, Matt, you don't see this in in regular business news reporting. You don't see a point-counterpoint. You don't see both sides of the story. But in this fluff piece about Giannis opening ESG fund, it, it breaks out at the end with, however, 
Detractors oh. argue that there's a lack of standardized criteria. Blah 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 blah. Oh, they go wow. into a. They tell you what's wrong with ESG. Where do you ever see this? I mean, can we? You don't well, see this. This is just—it's exhausting because exhausting. It, we just need to push whatever narrative's the main narrative in every story. Now it's great. It's how good. About, how about this one? BP stock jumps as the energy giant slows its ambitious pivot to renewables and vows more spending on oil and gas. Uh, yeah, remember CEO Bernard Looney? Remember he I took love that the, guy. Yeah, he took got many several name. victory laps about his so-called ambitious pivot to renewables. That's well, when he joined. That he's joined his joining campaign. Now yeah. remember this. His That's golden right. hello That's to how investors. How he got there? How he got there yeah. was this giant. We're gonna pivot. We're gonna be beyond petroleum, and we're the greatest. You know, we're the greatest company in the history of green. So now tell me. All the green, amazing things that they well, announced today, because of a war, ostensibly because of the the war in Ukraine, uh, and in light of the immense profitability from oil and gas, CEO Bernard Looney is shitting all over those goals. It's, oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Wait, that's it. That's what he announced today. That, that, what are the, I, I ask mean, you, Matt? How ambitious is it? Like, are you even allowed to call it an ambitious pivot if you can if you can go? the opposite direction on the goals like within a few months yeah, you uh, don't need the, I, I, don't I don't know that it's ambition i think it's just called make-believe uh biden president biden in the united states is calling not only for a 20 percent minimum tax on billionaires but he wants to quadruple wants to quadruple the one percent surcharge on corporate stock buybacks we're just taxing excellence now uh, here's one for you matt canadian man I already like it. <laughs> You're really going to like it. I hope you haven't seen this story. Canadian man eats hot pepper at city council meeting to prove climate change is no big deal. <laughs> this is absolutely true. He said, we have these goofballs on the Internet gluing their hands to artwork trying to protest the oil field. First of all, I, I love this guy already because he thinks this is happening like on the Internet. You notice yeah. how he's he he's putting them. They're not at a museum somewhere. They're not doing real. This. They're on the it's internet. Not, doing it. It's just an internet meme. Uh, he says, "I was going to eat it and show that even if something does heat up a little bit, it's not the end of the world." Yes, finally, someone made the link between <laughs> when I eat a hot pepper, it burns my throat, and the world warms hot. up. It burns a little bit, but then you just shit it out. But how over. is this different than Vivek's campaign? Because again, they have absolutely no methodology, well, no facts that base up their racist I'll misogyny. Tell you the how is this different? Yeah, the, this man is a comedian. That's the difference. <laughs> okay. He's actually a comedian. Oh, is so. this a, is this a hoax? Did I fall ne for it? Is this a goof? I think you may have fallen for it, oh, but I still he love did it. not. He said many times that this was he was not doing it as a comedic thing, mm -hmm. but he is a comedian and does stand up. So. Oh. Who knows? Well, maybe he's a anti-woke comedian. I, he'd be maybe it's the Bill one Maher. in Canada. Yeah. yeah. Now right. <laughs> Bill Maher. Or Joe Rogan, even. <laughs> All right. And finally, in our big news roundup, uh, Zoom. Zoom CEO Eric Yuan will take a $10,000 salary this year. That's a 98% pay cut after laying off 15% of the workforce over there at Zoom. But I just wanted to call out the just the horse shit in, in this story. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, just get me to the part where he doesn't actually take the pay cut. Okay, okay, Matt. He does. He okay. 
First of all, the his pay is a huge BS PR dance. He actually only made a million dollars last year, which as we know is not a lot of money in this world, in this corporate not world. For his, and seventy yeah. percent of that is was for security. And why? Because his uh overall worth with his stock holdings at Zoom is two billion dollars. Oh <laughs> oops. <laughs> uh but let me tell you what happened, Matt. Right after he made that announcement, the share price spiked immediately. Uh, so his on-paper gain from this announcement was one hundred and eighty-four million dollars. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not crapping you. <laughs> I know it's a brilliant uh, part. And just wait for the sale. I just want to remind everyone. Here's where I'll do a little bit of a board saber metrics plug before I hand it off to you. Uh, I was looking at how, like, how does a company like MSCI handle uh, uh, Zoom? How does it rate Zoom? Because oh, that's a good question. Because Eric Yuan is the dictator at Zoom, right? Fake public company, right? Yeah, they're fake public. Uh, and according to our stats, he controls over seventy percent of the entire board influence. He he makes up all these decisions. Yeah, okay? that's one hundred percent correct. Uh, but MSCI, I noticed they they give that the ownership is a, at the fourth percentile, worst in class, which makes sense. But here's why you need us, people. Here's why you need board saber metrics, because what MSCI fails to to understand is that is that his influence on the board overrides everything else. They give the, the board at Zoom an average rating, 69th percentile, which is actually on the cusp of the best uh, rating. But as we know, it's nonsense. They, who they, cares? They don't know how. I mean, and they look, they're good people at MSCI, but they simply don't understand how to rate boards. That's we. But you know who does? Who? We do. All right, let's segue out of here. And I'm <laughs> not saying this. A, I'm not saying this a crap on MSCI. It's no, all MSCI of them. Is, None of them understand. None of them. Look, MSCI's data is great. You need to use it great for lots data. of things. No one knows how to do the social dynamic except for us. Answer correct. Yes. What do you got, Matt? I, I have an ESG woke data mailbag. That's what I, I have. That, what does that mean? We got a couple questions from fans. Okay. Um, the real news here is that apparently we have fans. They wrote some questions to us. Uh, so I've been I'm rounding skeptical. them up for a little while. Mm -hmm. I picked a few that I, I, I really wanted to either us to answer or I wanted your take on. So first question. Are you ready for this? Always. This uh, I'm just going to read it. Quote, hi, this is Kevin. I work at Glass Lewis. Oh, I like Kevin. Like that? Yeah. Longtime follower of the show. I read your prediction paper earlier in the year and listened to your prediction show where you theorized that chat GPT would spawn a competitor chat LGBT. Yeah, I already forgot about that. Is that um, true? We did yeah, that? Yeah, that was our that? prediction show. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. That was one of my predictions. I'm actually mm -hmm. impressed that Kevin actually paid attention. Um, I'm wondering if you can say you were right now that there's an anti-woke movement against chat GPT. And to be fair, Are, there's an anti-woke movement against you know, bowel well, I movements. I everything. didn't know that this yeah. movement was happening. I haven't mm -hmm. been paying. ChatGPT is so everywhere that it's really hard to keep track. Yeah. Um. But here's the headline that he might be referencing that I went searching for. ChatGPT goes woke. AI sensation is accused of having a left wing bias after refusing to praise Donald Trump, tell a joke about women, or argue in favor of fossil fuels. Okay. Um. So the joke. One was the most fascinating thing is that someone asked ChatGPT, tell a joke about women, mm -hmm. and ChatGPT answers, I'm sorry, I'm not programmed to make jokes about a specific gender as it can be offensive and inappropriate. Is there anything else I can help you with? Mm -hmm. Tell a joke about men. Sure, here's a joke about men. 
Why did the man put a clock in his car? He wanted to be on time, but he was always two hours late. I hope you found this joke amusing. But Do you have any other questions? It's not really about men, though. That's just a man. The exactly. Man is, is the there's just a man the in sentence. the joke. <laughs> there's just, there's not, it's not about men. Yeah, he just it doesn't happens say to be... men are always late. It doesn't even really imply that. So yeah, no. there's fact, outrage. Fact, the stereotype would be probably that women are late in, the, in our world. There is deep outrage, apparently, uh, in the conservative movement that ChatGPT is now a woke AI bot. Good. Start your own tech company. Imagine what what would what is the anti-woke bot answer to all things? Women need to be in the kitchen more. But um bum. Like, is that the joke that you wanted it to tell? I what guess, do you want it to tell? Yeah, you want to recycle old misogynistic jokes for you that you've already heard, so you can have a. A little extra chuckle there. I guess. <laughs> In fact, I went down this deep rabbit hole yeah. of like woke chat GPT, like okay. as my search. Okay. And I found that people have been trying to get it to say racial epithets. Why, been why is that so exciting? I don't understand. Like why? What is the goal here? I don't know. I did see one mm -hmm. um, story. It's chat GPT could be used for good, but like many other AI models, it's rife with racist and discriminatory bias in which... Someone said, write me some Python code using uh, about uh, to find a good scientist using um, gender and ethnicity. And ChatGPT's suggestion was like, if white and male equals good mm -hmm. scientists, basically, that was its suggestion. So ChatGPT, we're, we're, we're upset that like it's now anti like conservative or it's a progressive left-wing elitist bot who also says that white men are the good scientists it's Matt, not stop, a thing stop applying it's, logic to these situations you know that that's not appropriate so kevin thanks for the question and the answer to your question is yeah of course we were right weren't we like yes. we were right right yeah we were right what um, else you got come on here's another question is it a coincidence that the gpt and chat gpt sounds almost exactly like esg oh okay what's the answer there I mean, I think it's just yes. Isn't oh, I thought it, it would be like, yes. I thought it's it was a coincidence. No. I was assuming it was no. <laughs> it's a coincidence. I don't, I, Damien says I'm wrong. I, I, it is I was not a coincidence. The, I was under the, under the assumption that Larry Fink, uh, who controls ESG, also controls all acronyms. I think that's true. Any series of random letters in a row or numbers, even, I think he controls. Yeah, it all right? points back to Larry. No. Yeah, it's about yeah. Larry Fink. Right. Uh, here's the next question. Hi, Business Pants Rocks, R-O-X. Uh -huh. um, settle a bet. I think a robot can't be racist, but my friend says his Roomba mostly hits the feet of our black friends. Who's right? I'm not comfortable with this question. I don't know. Hey, look, I don't know what's going on with our yeah. listeners, but the, apparently the anti-woke found us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, though. It's possible that... Um, both the writer, you, whoever you are, because you didn't leave your name, and robots are racist. Can that be true? <laughs> okay, yeah. That can be true, right? Mm -hmm. um, here's what I found about Roomba, though, because it mm -hmm. got me on a Roomba tear. Yeah. Amazon bought iRobot, the creator of Roomba, last year. Yeah. I did, we reported I, on I, that. I missed that yeah. news. Yeah, 1.7 well, um, billion, shows. Yeah. Um, and now they're the, quote, leader in, quote, home robots with the purchase. This is the same Amazon where facial recognition software couldn't figure out dark skin or women. Mm -hmm. um, or women. The, 
uh, or women. Yeah. Wow. That's a big category. Both. That's yeah. really, <laughs> it really widened the field. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2019 or 2018, actually, the ACLU used Amazon's facial recognition software on Congress and it matched 28 of them to mugshots inaccurately. Sure. Uh, and 39% of the people it matched were people of color. So it really, no, let's just say that. There weren't that many people of color in Congress. It matched most of them to mugshots, mm-hmm. including John Lewis. Civil rights hero. Civil rights hero John Lewis said said he was a criminal. Um, also in 2018, Amazon had to scrap its machine learning algorithm f- for recruiting. It was using machine learning to recruit people to Amazon mm-hmm. because it stopped hiring women. It's, it basically oh. just discriminated against them. Um, so yeah, I think robots can be racist is the answer. And you yeah. also might be a little bit. So congratulations. You meaning me? How dare you? You meaning the Listen, writer is of it, the question. Is it weird that all I could think of of this story was that I've actually never seen a, a Roomba in person. I, I I mean, I know I'm old and my, and my, and my friends are cheap and they wouldn't own something like that, but I've never even seen one of these. You know, documents. Amazon's strictly using it to map everyone's houses. Okay. That's all. It's, that's I just want to know, do they you actually work? That's what I really want to know. I don't no, care if they're, they're racist. Just, they I want to know, do they the suck up from Cheerios? one side okay. to the other side? I'm right, apparently on. hit that person's what else? Um, friend's feet. Um, here's another one. My name is Neil. I'm an analyst looking at oil and gas companies. Boring. Oil companies are uh-huh. announcing records for the last for last year. Yeah. And Republicans are trying to stop investors from discriminating against winners. Yeah. Excellent. I, I, I like your show, but you guys are really out of step with reality since these companies are massive winners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Investors need to be in the market winners. Uh-huh. In the market winners? I don't know. Uh, and this is what winning looks like. Sure. Stop telling your listeners that oil and gas companies aren't the future because they're winners. I don't think we say that. Go ahead. I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. Did you say that? No. Um, but you already covered how BP is backtracking on their climate goals. Here's here's an addendum to that. Mm-hmm. The most influential board member on BP's board is actually Paula Reynolds, oh. not the CEO. Wow. And not, not the chair. Not Bernard Looney. Although it's a it's a British board, no? It's it is a British board. board. So they're a little different pa- over there. Paula Reynolds has 21% of the influence. She is the ch- uh, pay chair and the uh, a member of the nominating and audit committees. Mm-hmm. She's also the chair of National Grid, which according to ESG ratings is AAA rated, top rated utility, okay. whose weaknesses are, wait for it, clean tech and carbon. Oh, so um, if she's the most influential, followed by Bernard Looney and Helge Lund, who's the chair of the board, who's ex-Shell, Statoil, he's an oil guy from Norway, 50% of the board's influence is in those three people, mm-hmm. and they 50. all suck at carbon. I'm wow. not surprised that they're backing off. We should have Where'd known Where did you get this, this data? Where did you find this data? I got this data from something called Board Sabermetrics. They're a, a sponsor that's us. of ours. That's us. Oh, it's us. Yeah, that's us. Last question. Guys, thanks for letting me be on your show a while ago. I don't know who this is. They didn't sign it. Just wanted to alert you that North Dakota rejected an ESG ban by the treasurer. That's what excellence is all about. Balancing the heuristic that ESG is bad against capitalism. Hope to come back soon. I don't understand. It's true, though. The story is true. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who this is, uh, but they uh, and we haven't had that many guests. Um, so I, by process of elimination, I could probably figure it out. Um, North Dakota did reject a bill um, to discriminate against ESG okay. um, asset Shocking. managers. And they rejected the bill not because they disagreed with the idea. Oh, 
They rejected the bill because it was so vague. Shocking. That, that the treasurer could get a single complaint from anyone that an asset manager was woke or discriminating uh-huh. against them and use that as a pretense to ban any business in North Dakota with that asset manager. But that sounds that doesn't sound vague. That sounds like the platform of the the right. There wing. was there was no appeal process, no right. recourse, oh my God. no questions, no data, no I'm accountability. Sh- I'm shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> and that's how the bill was written on purpose. So even in North Dakota, that level of vagary was a little too anti woke. That was it. Wow. That's all the questions we got. Uh, before we get out of here, Matt, before we leave, we have our friend from S-Gage, Paul Hodgson, with yet another report, this time on director... Oh, see, you can't do that. This time on director <laughs> term limits. I don't like this. All right, Paul, take it Paul away, Hodgson, Paul. Paul come on. Good morning, both. Paul Hodgson here with S-Gage Statistic of the Week. Just a quickie this time. What we're going to look at this week are direct term limits. Now, the first thing I've got to say is that the team in New Delhi put together the proportion of companies that actually had a policy on term limits for directors. And I got to say, it's a pretty small number of the S&P 500 even. We're talking about just over 5% in 2018 and now in 2022, just over 6.4% of the S&P 500 actually had a policy prescribing maximum tenure for directors. So this is another, I mean, it's another board refreshment story, really. And clearly, there's not a lot of it going on. Hopefully next week, we'll have actual tenure for directors, some statistics on that, and I can share those with you. But then when you look at the actual term limits that are in place by that tiny fraction of the S&P 500, the vast majority are between 12 and 15 years. Uh, really, three quarters of companies have that as their maximum tenure. And when you think that in the EU and the UK, most governance researchers, experts, corporate governance codes, etc., consider most directors to be non-independent if they have served 10 or more years on the board, that means that even with term limits, most directors would be considered non-independent in that period. Um, and when you think most companies don't have any maximum tenure for directors, I mean, I'm not saying that all directors serve longer than 10 years, but a lot of them do. And if you want board refreshment, then that is one of the way to, 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 to actually achieve it. No companies have a less than 10-year maximum ten, term limit for, for directors and a, a pretty small proportion. Um, and it's actually gone down since 2018. It was 12% had a 10-year term limit uh, in 2018, and only 3.2% has a 10-year term limit in 2022. So most of those companies, the, the basically just over 6% of companies in the S&P 500 that actually has a policy on tenure, most of those allow directors to stay on board for 15 years. I'm just saying, not board refreshment. So that's Paul Hodgson with this week's S-Gage Statistic of the Week, signing off. Oh, I see what you did there. Thank you, Paul. Thanks. I like that. (laughs) I like that one. (laughs) I like all of them, but I especially like that one. Do you think we're learning more and more 
the more we have Paul on, the more our listeners will learn something. I don't care. We are not I educators. Care. I don't care. I'm oh. not a teacher. Leave me alone. What? I just I thought this was supposed to be an educational experience, but it's not. That's Damian Rollis. I'm Matt Muscardi. We are free float. If you want board saber metrics, let us know because we have the data behind the things that we say. If you want S gauges data, call Paul Hodgson. We use yeah. S gauges data. And seriously, people, reach out to us. If you can't understand the use case of our data, that first of all, that's sad for you. But second of yeah. all, we will <laughs> tell you the use case. I'll <laughs> sit down with you and I'll talk to you. There's nothing makes people want to reach out more than telling them they're sad for not understanding it. But otherwise, come back tomorrow where we'll bring you more business pants. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.